What's up, everyone? How you doing? A uh, little bit of, little bit of production fun there. We're still getting used to Twitch, guys. We're still getting used to Twitch. Welcome to another episode of DZBS. I'm your host, Mr. Dylan Gray, or you could just call me Dylan. You know, there's no need to be formal. And with me, as always, is my boy Zavon Frey. Zavon, how you doing this evening? Here's me, Zavon Frey, the honorable, the great, the honorable Zavon Frey. I'm doing. I'm doing. See, I just came off of two days of being sick AF, but I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better today. Hence the lots and lots of water. So, if you and, better, and so you guys know, me. it wasn't COVID. He was not sicketh with the COVID. That was not the problem this time. Thank goodness. I was I was sicketh with the bush. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, random, as you know, all these topics, super random. What did we come up with this week, Zavon? We came up with my favorite, my basically like half of my life right now. WWE. That's right. W-W-E. Wrestling. WWE. Wrestling, baby. I can't help I can't help but start off with saying how I and I'm gonna ask you the same question. I can't help but start off with how I came about wrestling. My first WWE experience was watching Rey Mysterio jump over sparks that were three times his height. That wasn't particularly what kinda got me hooked on the WWE, but that what that's what caught my eye to WWE. What what got me hooked on to WWE was uh was at, was actually the Miz. And it's really the Miz. The Miz. Who is the Miz? Miz? I'm not familiar very much with the Miz, but I do know he's super famous. It's been years since I've watched wrestling. I grew up uh you know in the attitude era was like the main thing I watched and then uh I got really into it in like early two thousands, but like about I'd say 2006, 2007. 2007 is when I stopped watching wrestling altogether. So Miz was gone. John Cena was like still a bad guy. Okay, he was still a heel. That's how long ago it's been. And by the way, John Cena as a heel is amazing. So yeah, bottom line, don't know about The Miz. Tell me about The Miz. So The Miz, so in every production, in every production, so I like to watch things like for underlining meaning. Basically, I want to see how I want to see how things are done. I've always watched I've always watched shows, especially live shows, right. to see how they're making their money off of live shows, right? How they catch my eye, what they're doing. And then the week got it got it tricky because they would show these big guys like John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, and all these other people, but they'd always come back to one specific person. When those set people didn't have enough fans behind them. When not enough people couldn't keep up because even though you're in a great, you're an amazing star, like John Cena is an amazing star, but even the most amazing people, they can't keep it up 256 days of the, of the year. 260, 260 if you're not doing WrestleMania. Right. 260 if you're doing WrestleMania, right? Even those people can't keep it up, like keep it up, keep it up that many days a year, that many days a year. So they have to have somebody, a consistent somebody that they can go to and like, hey, we're gonna put WWE on your hands for this moment, and so you can bring people up or keep this person's like, oh, 
to a point that they needed to be and so that they can so that we can continue pushing this guy and i noticed that throughout all the years it's been the Miz. it's always been it's always been the Miz. it's either been the Miz or, or, or randy orton randy orton became that person where even the Miz. Even they use they use the Miz to keep up. They even had to use the Miz to keep Randy Orton up. But whether you know it or not, it was either these two people that you always saw. So even though you don't know them that much, you know of their name when they come to WWE. That's the thing. That's that's the crazy. You may not know of his accolades. You may not have seen it. Not even that. But when you hear the Miz, you know okay, that's WWE. Even right. You don't know not a damn thing about him. You know that that's WWE. So I. I I think that's also another. I know that's also. I know that's also another thing. Everybody's like that. The Miz is not even a conversation, but he's a household name. Everyone knows who the Miz is and what he does. You just may not be a fan of his work. You know what he does, and For sure. I love that WWE always, 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 no matter what, always uses him to make you like come back. Right, and I have another. I have another theory, but you go ahead and say what you got to say. Well, what I was going to say is one of my favorite things about wrestling is obviously special moves, finisher moves, the whole shebang. So I'm wondering what Miz's uh, finisher move is. The famous, sir. So the Miz's finisher move is the famous, sir, which is ba- which is basically like a uh, like a backdrop, like, a, like basically a backdrop. But reverse. It's basically a reverse backdrop. So the so the backdrop used to be like, all right, they take your they hook your leg, they hook the back of your leg, right? Right. And then they swing your leg forward. They swing your leg forward to let you know when to which let you know I'm giving y'all WWE wrestling secrets right now. So <laughs> You're learning. We're learning today. We're learning. This was a topic I, I was excited for, but I know I'm nowhere near nowhere near as educated as you are i mean you live okay. breathe and die okay. wrestling so so basically so they used to hook their leg right so they used to hook their leg in the back and they used to swing their leg and they used to have to time it basically used they used to have to time it so the person so the other person who the move was being done to knew when to swing back the new went to like basically drop back Right. And it was basically the same dynamics as if they were coming back and they were just going to do like a regular clothesline or a regular like chest bump. It was the same like drop as that, but it was more mechanical and it was like, okay, this is me helping you back drop at this point. Instead of me going off a rope, drop going that, and then you have to time me hitting you. You have to use the force I'm coming at you with and then time it and then time it. But now I'm giving you a clue of when to now so that's what that's so, but now this is backwards right so the Miz used to go he used to hook he used to go for he used to go from his he used to go from like from the back hook your arm hook your arm hook your uh hook your arm with his uh, with his with his arm right both your arms like this it's like the I don't, it's like a full nelson and then he used to kick his leg in front of your leg and when you hit when he hit your leg that let you know to just let go and just go with him and he would just drop forward, and you wouldn't get hurt because it was all him. He just dropped right. forward, and you just go, and you're just gonna land on wherever you land on. And it was it it, it to the, until this day, it is the safest, the safest, the safest finisher of all of wrestling. Nope. To this day, argue, argue time, him. argue time. There is a safer one. There is a safer Which one. one? Socko. Oh my God. Sako oh and those, so those that don't know Sako, 
Oh my god. Socko is mankind's finisher. Okay, where he would take a sock out of his pants, put it on their hand, and put it in their mouth, and then they couldn't breathe, and then they would they would they would tap. That would be their knockout. I that, I you want to tell me, is it safer than Stocko? Is it safer I than Stocko? I don't classify that as one. Because remember, remember. No, 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 no. Okay, let's go into video game. Let's go into video game. It is okay. a legit finisher on a video game. It counts as a yes, finisher in special moves. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. I hate it. I hate it. Because, because, because I, I don't hate Nick Foley's finisher because Nick Foley, as a wrestler, as a wrestler, was never, like, people, people are going to argue with me, they're going to at me, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> as a wrestler, as a wrestler, Nick Foley was never the best wrestler. He was never the best Physically, he was never the best person. He was not a person that was going to go out here and do all these extravagant moves or, right. or extravagant things. But he was durable, and he was durable enough to take tacks to the back, to take five in the back, to get dropped from a steel cage, 20 feet in the air from a steel cage, onto a ring announcer table. He was durable. He was crazy enough to do these to get hit by a bad wire back. He was crazy enough to get bled out of the back his tooth, have his tooth broke into his mouth midway during the match and still doing the match and still finish the match. And so I, I, I have to give, I have to give mankind a, a, a measure of mankind and mankind only. A, Measure of respect for that. Yeah, for the people who came um, out, he's the he's the he's the perfect punching bag. Not to mention, he was. he was still is. And not let's not also forget to mention that basically the Rock has a career now because of him. All right. No, I, I, will, I will say I will, I will say the okay okay. And I've, I've we've had this conversation before. We've had this conversation. Yeah, I remember the Rock saying this. I remember Rock saying this. I, remember, I, I actually looked this up. And Rock did say he got his first role because because of a match that he did with uh, Mankind. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, but I have to say this: what came out of what Vince thought of after Mankind, after he couldn't use Mankind, made no sense. So the people that the people that Vince decided to make because of mankind let's think about this santina morella let's go to santina morella i don't know if anybody knows santina morella Dylan may not may not know santina no morella. idea no idea it's who fine. that is but santina morella was a wrestler was a was a uh, was a hispanic uh, wrestler who used a heavy hispanic um uh, accent but he wasn't that heavy of it he wasn't at all that heavy aesthetic. As a matter of fact, he sounds like me and he sounds like me and Dylan words when they're speaking. But his accent while 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 in the ring was so heavy. But he had a he had one that was called like the snake or some stupid crap that whenever he did this, he'd hit you, right? He'd hit you one time. One time and that was it. And he just pissed at you. And it was just like then you put it out as some type of venom and then you just just go down and that was the end of the match that was the end of the match and they protected that for so long for so long for 200 matches 
Wow. So we hit a we we struck a nerve there with Zavon. I I could see. It really did because Mitch Charlie, Mitch Charlie, Mitch Charlie, like Mitch Charlie, like during the end of his career, he knew he was done wrestling. But mentally, his mental, his his ability to know what works with the WWE and to know what he can still do, right, and still go out there and still perform for rest for the for for us. And like make five star matches, he was a genius. He was a true genius at that. He he totally perfected. I think just the whole fault, like falling, getting hurt, and all that. He really perfected the science behind it. I mean, I'm sure exactly. he had. I'm sure he had people that like you know he worked with and learned. He, no one ever does anything by themselves ever. You know, I I I'm, I'm inspired constantly by people always. You know what I'm saying? And I, he definitely had something back there, maybe even some awesome mentors. But nobody. I mean, dude, hell in the cell when he gets choke slammed, like what was that? Thirty feet, thirty feet onto a table, right? Forty feet, yeah. something crazy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. So. I, I think I think I think I think the most amazing thing is that when you go back and yeah. watch documentaries. So the Undertaker recently made a documentary of, of like that moment because because that's not even the that's not even like the focal point. That's not even the most dangerous part of that match. The most dangerous part of that match was the part where it was unscripted. But let's talk about him throwing over him over the thing because when he threw him over in like the. Uh, over the thing, right? Undertaker is now looking down. The reason why Undertaker stood there, right, was looking down was because the only thing going through Mark Galloway's, the Undertaker's real name, the only thing going through Mark Galloway's, uh, he's laughing like, why do you know this stuff? Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah I know my first name. First name basis, me and the Undertaker, yeah, you know. Exactly. The only reason why, the only, the only thing going through Mark Galloway's uh, mind at the time was, God, I hope he's not dead. Straight the fuck up. Straight the fuck. God, I hope he's not dead. Oh my and god, but so moving. brutal, so brutal. Yeah. And, and you know what? There, like, he's a guy that like took a hit, but he never was a bleeder. And then you got people. Okay, now you got people like Triple H, who is like the yeah. ultimate bleeder. What he like he like I know like they they cut themselves with razors. You know what I'm saying? And like smear the blood. And it's a lot, yeah. right? So, so it looks yeah. a lot worse than it really is. But, dude, no one bleeds like Triple H. Am I right? Is there a better bleeder yeah. than Triple H? I would say I, if, if I had to go about a better bleeder than Triple H, I'd have to stay with, I have to go with uh, Ric Flair. I have to go with Ric Flair. A better Ooh. bleeder than Triple H. Who actually H, taught Triple H, H a lot, too. Who actually taught Triple H yeah. a lot, too. Yeah, I have to go. I have to go with uh, like Rick Flair because Rick Flair understood the art of okay. I didn't need to be. I don't need. I don't need to. If I'm not gonna win this match, I'm still gonna win this match because there's a dynamic behind behind WWE, right? And even if you're going in and you know you're gonna lose this match, right? They're, they they want you as a wrestler. You want to go in. And you still want to perform because. Right. As a, as a true fan, I already I know that a lot of this is choreographed. I, I, I get that, all right? But if you're going in there as a wrestler, they used to tell they used to say you could go in there and lose a match and still win the match. If you go in there and you outperform the person that's that's wins the match, if they only are talking about you and how good you did in that match, 
then you won that match. You didn't lose that match. Even if you got pinned, you won that match. That's what happened. For example, uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, uh, WrestleMania 21, right? WrestleMania 21. Shot my bad, 20. WrestleMania 20. I don't want to get this wrong. WrestleMania 20, mm, right? It wasn't 20, no, because 20 was the, the two on one because with and because Nathan Nathan Jones uh backed out. No, that was 19. Sorry. No, no, it must have been 21. It was 20 and 21 because 20 was triple eight. My bad. 20 was uh Shawn Michaels and 21 was triple H. They made a two year they made a two year uh sorry that I out of it. So, uh, so at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 20, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, ended his career and he lost, but I still think he won. That's the crazy thing. I still think he, I still think he won because they gave us a match that you look at Shawn Michaels and you look at when Shawn Michaels kicked out of the Tombstone and and you see Undertaker's reaction to him kicking out and you're going, oh. <laughs> like it wasn't this planned. Was he was planned to yeah. lose. No, he was planned to lose. He was planned to lose. He was planned to kick out, but he was planned. He he wasn't planned. It wasn't planned that they would be as tired as they were. The Undertaker's reaction to the Shawn Michaels kicking out was basically him pinning him. Was basically him going, I, "I'm tired as hell," and then Shawn Michaels going. I'm not. And they kick me out. <laughs> you my old man. And then I didn't tell you, I'm going, shit. And I, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. And then you just, you're just gonna keep going. You're just gonna keep going. And it's, it's, just, it's just amazing. You have, the, you, have the, you, have, you have the art of internet. You have the art of internet in front of you. Was I right or was I correct? Because I feel like I might have still been wrong. Let's see. Let's. Uh, we're gonna look it up I right could, now with the art of internet. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania. I feel like 25 is that. 25. 25. It was 25 and 26, right? 25 was Shawn Michaels and and Undertaker 26 was uh, Triple H. Yeah. Now, 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 and he recently lost that not too long ago. Yeah, I... to, Brock, to Brock Lesnar, he lost it at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar. Let's let's talk about Brock Lesnar. All right, you oh want to talk God. about? Uh, okay, first of all, the F five, his finisher is my favorite finisher. I think oh just 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 to just to do because it's like you put him on the shoulder and you throw him. All right, uh-huh. and a lot of people don't know this. The FU, do you remember the FU? Yeah, John Cena's finisher. He's made yeah. the finisher, called it the FU as a because Brock Lesnar had broken his leg. And it was like, I'm coming back for you, Brock Lesnar. So oh, I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. A lot of people uh, don't know that one. Dude, but yeah, Brock Lesnar has been he's been a, a Uber face and a Uber heel. He's been such a heel. Do you remember when he had the beef with the one legged wrestler? Oh my God! Listen, we've had that Lesnar has had a lot of moments in his in his career where you 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 like he's an asshole if he beats this guy, he's an asshole if he demolishes this guy, and then you see this one-legged guy come out of nowhere, and you're like, all right, that Lesnar's gonna let him get a hit in. 
Oh, no, not at all. F you. Uh, no. F you. And, and he, he created the Brock right Lock. That's where the Brock Lock came from. Yeah, was, like, why do you need this? Why do you need an extra move for this guy? You just need an asshole at so this crazy. moment. He has one leg. You're 256 pounds at this time. He's 290 now. But you're 250 something pounds at this time. You're the biggest guy there, except for Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg. Do you remember? Do you remember they super hyped it up? Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. I was. I had never been more excited for a fight that was so boring. It was so boring. Here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. The match itself. The match itself should have been like a marquee. Oh, this is going to be the match of the year. It should have been that type of match. Hall of Fame match. A Hall of Fame match. Here's what killed the match. Here's what killed the match. That because before the match, right, a week before, I think a month before the match, actually, it had broke that both wrestlers, both wrestlers, that after that match, both wrestlers were leaving WWE, right? Those wrestlers at the time were leaving the were leaving the company. So during that match, the the crowd knew that these two people were leaving. So they booed the F out of both wrestlers. So neither wrestler cared about that match at all. So it made it even worse that knowingly coming into that match that the crowd did not care about either person of that match because they knew oh after this we're not gonna see them. This is the this is the main event. Why why is this a main event? Why are you closing this with this? Stop this. Leave it alone. Ah we hate this. We hate these people. So they hated all all the Brock Lesnar and all the Goldberg because when you build a company off of these two people and as a person if you're right. if you're a person you're looking if you're a fan and you came to see even though our Goldberg's matches didn't last more than 30 seconds who gives a crap it was entertaining that, that was, was so the, good that was a perfect that was a purpose he was entertaining oh, and sparks. the minute that he was shown he was he was freaking entertaining yes Dude, I do you realize I remember I remember the night like Goldberg gets you so fucking hype you guys if you don't know Goldberg's entrance music his whole entrance is him this music this like be- big epic dun, 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 like it's super epic right and the crowd's going Goldberg and he it's literally a shot of him just walk no video it's just him walking from the locker room to the front and then sparks hitting him in the face, yeah. he's just standing in the seats, and you get so pumped. I remember the night. I remember the night. Goldberg was beefing yeah. with everyone. He's like, I beat this person, I beat this person, I beat this person. Who's next? And then that yeah. is was Goldberg's like main thing. Like, who's next? Because he took out everyone too. So all of a sudden he says, Who's next? And then you hear boom. But I was like, wait a minute, what's that music? Why does it sound familiar? And then like it cuts and I was like, oh my God, Goldberg. And he just walks out. I was so pumped. And I was like, this is WrestleMania. This is happening at WrestleMania. This is going to be dope. This is going to be a Hall of Fame fucking match. And then it was trash. So trash. Here's the, here's the crazy part, right? Here's the crazy part. So a lot of things out of WWE happened accidentally because they gained spark. They gained spark where they didn't know that they were gaining. They were gaining spark. So, so when I got three instances, I got three instances for you. 
number one, Goldberg Street, right? Goldberg, right? He was on the street because he was coming in and the Undertaker, Vince's, Vince's, um, Vince's uh, thought of him was, hey, we're going to put you in there, we're going to pull you over, we're going to make you win this many matches. So after a match, after I think his 11th win in a row, no, I take it back, after his 15th, 16th win in a row, he was like, who's next? And then after that, everyone was like, who's next? Who's next? They, they make these videos, who's next? So, so it became a thing of his streak. All right, we have to continue the streak of who's right. next, who's next, who's next, right? right. Who's next? And the person who beat him, here's a fu- here's a funny thing, right? The person who beat him, right? Diesel, right? Diesel is the first person who beat him. Got beat the very next night after getting touched in the chest by after getting touched. I'm not playing. Touched and then pinned one, two, three the very next night at a 30 second match. Damn. By. Hulk Hogan. It was the worst thing ever. You can't tell me after 210 winning two over how long that streak was after winning 200 plus matches, you beat this guy. Right? You beat this guy. And then you're gonna go in the next day and get beat by a touch of hand up. To be fair. To be fair, it's Hulk Hogan doing the touching, okay? It's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and for those that don't know, for those that don't know, that's a that's an old uh, yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson bit when he'd be like, yeah. "What's your name?" It doesn't matter what your name is. Okay, time exactly. to talk about The Rock. We've been putting this off. We need to talk about uh, The Rock. I have, I have to tell one more amazing thing. One more okay. amazing thing. One more Goldberg story. Gotcha. No, 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 not one more moment, sorry. The streak was supposed to end at, at 12. The Undertaker streak was supposed to end at 12. But the only reason why it kept going, because the Undertaker got out of the ring, and the very first time that the Undertaker showed any symbol of humanism was after his 11th streak, and he looked at the camera, and he said, 1-1. One, one. Symbolizing that this is 11 and 0. This is 11 and 0. And it, after that, they cut it, the crowd went crazy and he couldn't, and they couldn't stop his streak until they found someone big enough or believable enough to beat right. his streak. Yeah. But what were you going to say about The Rock? What don't, what can't I not say about nah. The Rock? Showmanship? Okay. Yes. Amazing finishers. He's got the two finishers, the rock bottom, where he he get he, he basically like you know trips them and slams them like a body slam with their arm across the chest. The people's elbow, which is the most charismatic move in the history of of freaking. I, I mean, he literally he takes off his elbow pad, throws it into the audience, and then bounces yeah. off, jumps, bounces off the ropes, jumps over him, bounces him again, and then stops. So he loses all his momentum. And then just drops his elbow. It's it's one of the coolest things. Highly look up the people's elbow. It's really dope. I highly suggest that. Okay. And he used to get the crowd pumped. Either for him or against him. I saw him when he was in Canada. I saw him call them ugly mother Canuckers. I was dead. I think I think I think I think the one thing that that you that used to go through my mind after a while of watching The Rock 
was when he was doing that, was realizing that they were down, that he intentionally waited 10 seconds every time to let you know that this person has been down for 10 seconds. He could have three counted them at any point at the moment. Yep. And I was like, God damn, he just three counted them after those three punches. <laughs> we know they're going to come. He's going to wait 10 seconds to do this. Hit him going from each rope to from one rope to the other and then stopping and then doing it. And then and then doing his finisher, but you sat there. This person sat there and laid down for ten seconds. I yep. watched that with the utmost of why. Well, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, hold up. To be fair, just because they're laying down doesn't mean they're knocked out. Doesn't mean they can't be pinned. You know what I'm saying? If someone's pinned to me, I try to fight it. You know. So there is that. I would I are would, you saying are I you would, saying that it's not believable and almost staged? Is that what you're trying to say uh, to me right now, Zavon? Uh, oh well, definitely. But I love I love the rock. I love the rock. Okay. I love I love the rock. I, I really do love the rock because the rock gave I, the rock gave wrestling a sense of we're not here to just watch wrestling. We're not yeah. here to just watch this aspect of wrestling. We're here for storyline. We're here for story, right? I feel like people like him, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I feel like those people were are like pioneers of storylines. Of like, okay, we're gonna give you a story. We're gonna tell you a story during this, uh, during this match, and help you understand. Help you understand this. Like Bruno San Bruno San Mar Bruno San Martino, you before them you had the likes of, of Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino being a great being a great storyteller right. that was more known for wrestling and more known as hey I'm a strong guy, but I can right. tell a story. But they wanted him to do more strong type, but he did it. So you had people like so you, you you had to get you had to get people like Rick Flair you had to get people like Woo! Randy Savage Randy Savage hell yeah you had to get people like Randy Savage you had to get people that can talk on the mic that so when it wasn't wrestling because it, it was like wrestling WWE was never meant to be or WWF at the time WWF did was never meant to be hey just wrestling. It no, it's never, story. It's story. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was meant to be entertainment. Because think about think about it like this: you have you have this thing. We have you have this thing. Uh, everybody say, oh, every, everybody would always like to rival UFC against WWE. But here's the thing about this difference between UFC and WWE: UFC can't do UFC right. 260 days of the of the year. They they just can't. They 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 really can't. For one, because it's too hard, it's too hard for the person's body to have to fight every week, every week. Like, for you to take your biggest fighter, you think John Jones would still be undefeated if he had to fight every single week? No, he'd be dead. No, so, he couldn't handle I, that. I feel, like, I feel like WWE is very, very safe. And I, I feel like you can't really compare the two because they're two different lanes. They're, they're in two different lanes themselves. I love WWE because they still give you danger. They get they still give you that sense of all right, this is dangerous, or a sense of oh, this, this match is over. This, this match is over, and it might not be over. He might kick out, or this man went through a whole tournament. And he won 
with this move the entire tournament. So, but when he gets this last match, it's going to take him to do this three times for him to win. Or he might do it twice and the other guy still wins and with doing his finisher one time. No, it just, it just, it, it just, it, it's just, it's just a, ne- it's just a never-ending dynamic that you have many, many possibilities. And then WWE at this juncture of doing shows for over seventy fucking years. Yes. My bad, my bad, Twitch for doing, uh, right. for doing shows uh, for over seventy years. Right? Has been, has been able to basically uh, surprise us surprise us and still make history still make history after 70 years of doing it 250 shows a year uh 250 plus days a year uh if you you get you're still surprising us you're still able to make history history like right. what happened at the last WrestleMania with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks were being the first two African-Americans to Made a vet, uh, uh, I made a vet, uh, WrestleMania, and actually being, and also being the first two African American females, uh, to main event, uh, main WrestleMania, and being the first two, being the first two female, being the first two females at all to main event, like, to, to do that, to, to do a hard color to main event in a singles match, in a singles match of their color. So I, I, it's, just, it's just very, very amazing to, you know, to look at that and go, oh, they did that. They, they, they did that. They were able to, you're still able to make, WWE is still able to, hey, we can make history now. We can make history now. We can do this. We can do this. We can. We can. We can. We can make people like Bobby Lashley break that record that The Rock set, or right. the record that Booker T set for holding the world title. We can. Or make, Booker T also has another record with wrestling. Yes. You know what that is, right? What? For most in bombs dropped on live broadcasts of WWE. Hey, <laughs> hey listen, listen, listen. I, that I, is. The funny. I'm sorry, but it was so when he calls when he calls Hulk Hogan, drops an in bomb on Hulk Hogan. He's like, "I'm coming for you," and I'm like, and then like he realizes, like, "Oh my God, did I just say that on live TV?" You got The crazy part about that. The crazy part about this, and most people don't know. Most people don't know this. This is what sparked like there's a there's a crazy trend that um, uh, this man was racist after a while because of the skit. And it wasn't, and it wasn't Vincent McMahon's idea, and it took so long to convince Vincent McMahon to say this. But during a skit, right? During a skit, uh, uh, they, uh, Vincent McMahon had to say, my, he had to say my, and say N-word. He had to say that, right? And what happened was, it was during the, during the reign of the Heat. If y'all don't know who the Heat is, it was D-Lo right. Brown, and uh Booker T, right? Right. So during so so during the heat so during the rain, right? He he had to say my you know, he had to say it, right? It took them five months to get him to say that. And even then Vincent Man said it and then walked off screen and they immediately got anxious. Immediately got anxious. And there's video of that and of him immediately getting anxious after that. And you know who made him do it? You know who made him say it? Who convinced him to say it? Booker T convinced him to say it. 
Booker T. Oh my God. So he literally does have. So he does have the record across the board, up front in the scenes and behind the scenes. I mean, my thing is, my thing is, if you, my, my thing is, if you're, if you're doing WWE, if you're a WWE wrestler, and you're coming up as a black WWE wrestler, right? right. Uh, Booker T. Booker T. Was the first WWE black black WWE wrestler that wasn't stereotyped. He wasn't stereotyped. He yeah. wasn't your typical. Oh, uh, what about Mark gay. Henry? Mark Henry was still was still stereotyped because remember he was in the league, right? The, um, fat oh, was yeah, and sexual chocolate and all that. Yeah, he yeah, like, yeah. yeah okay, still, yeah, 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 still, you're right. He still had that. He still was in that thing. And even then, Mark Henry, Mark Henry still had that. Still had that. Uh, the 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 theme music that. Uh, uh, that had that thing music, and when he did promos, you knew he, you knew he was trying to do that black persona, right? When, it, throughout his career, but Booker T was the first person that was like, oh, King Booker, like, right? I still to this day, the term Booker to me is one of my favorite, my top five. My top five personas of WWE history. My top five of all time. No matter, no matter who you put, it doesn't matter who you. I don't. It care doesn't matter. And I don't care who you put in front of me. He, that gimmick, King Booker gimmick, was the great. Was one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. I, like. I would even put him in top three. I'll put him at number three because wow. King Booker. I believe with the with the addition of Shawnee, the fact that Shawnee was his actual wife on and off screen, and the fact that this, so it made it seem more real than it was ever than it could ever be, and it was right. like. Oh, King, uh, here's the crazy thing about Hills. Here's what here's what Devin, here's what here's what a heel is supposed to do. A heel in WWE is supposed to make me hate you. Like say say I'm a heel and you're a face, Dylan. Right? My, my bad. I think I know you're a fan of heels. All right. I'm say you're a heel. Say you're a and I'm a face. Right? Your job as a heel is to make people hate you enough to make them make me want to make to make them want to see me beat you up. No matter how big you are, that's or, your job. Or the other way around. Or the other way around. Where they, they like, you're such a face that they really want a heel to beat up the face. No, that is, that, that's, some John Cena, that's some John Cena level type stuff, all right? That's some John Cena level type stuff. You have to be on John Cena, The Rock. You, you, ha, you have to King, be that King, King. You have you have to be at that level. Kane, Kane, you have to be. Kane was always neutral. He was never like a heel or a face. Oh uh, no, 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 no! When he got and unmasked, he went on a rampage when he got on when he got unmasked. All right, that's when he yeah, broke up. He, he, was, he had a really awesome tag team with RVD, and then they had a, yeah. a, un, a unmasked uh, a bet for a for a tag team. He lost, oh, and that's when we found yeah. out he was bald, and he went crazy like all wrestlers. Really long hair, good faces. Bald, fucking bad guys every time. 
Had one of the most controversial careers of all time because y'all really? don't even know the gimmicks that he had to go through to get to because he had to go to I don't know if y'all know but, but he had to go to uh, Eric Gecko he had to go through Fake Diesel he had to go through I I don't know I don't think anybody remembers these people. But he had to go through uh, Eric Yankum. He had to go through fake, fake diesel. He had to go through doctor stupid shits. So I don't know what the fuck is. Oh yeah, he had a dumb doctor one too. That's right. Yeah, he oh my go god. That. He had to go through that. He had to go through that one. And the idea, the idea, what saved his career? The person that saved his career was uh, what's his name? Ah, uh, the guy. Ah, uh, he just died. Oh, there. The person that saved his career was Paul Bear, right? Because Paul Bear saw Kane and he was like, "We gotta do something with this man. We gotta do something with this man." He matches the he matches the height. Paul Bear looks at Undertaker. He looks at Kane. He looks at Undertaker. He's like, "We need somebody that can outmatch Kane. That can outmatch Undertaker. That's believable to outmatch Undertaker. That's believable to beat the Undertaker because at this time, the Undertaker has become such such a big character that no one is believable to beat him. Nobody. Ever. He was unstoppable. Even in a regular match, no one is ever ever able to beat him. So what happened was the only way that they could book this, right? And even showing this this massive character, they had to make sure they had to make sure they did it right. So the way that they did it was they had Kane show up. They had these chains on the caves, right? The chains were not that were not that that they were not that loose. They were still chains. It was still a lock. But it was still a, it was still a lot that took like I think like 150 pounds of force for you to break. But it was still a lot, right? Kane snatches the door off the thing first. Hold on, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop, stop, stop. You you cut out there. You cut out there. Start with Kane snatches. Kane snatches the cage off the door. Right. Okay. Take, take, my bag takes. He snatches the door off the cage. Right. It has a chain lock on it. It has a chain and a padlock on it. Right. Right. So to do, to do this, you need a hundred pounds of just the startup force, and then you have to consistently apply that to break it for at least one second. And Kane snatched that lock and snatched the handle off the door. Apparently, he wasn't supposed. To, he he didn't think he was gonna snatch the entire door off of it. He broke like a monster door. He didn't think he was gonna do that, and apparently, he did that. And he like, oh, and, it, and he tried to surprise himself. So to see Kane go like this was basically him going what, and then him playing it off by flipping his hair. It was a fact that most but most people don't know. And then. He was walking in and then getting close up to the Undertaker, and then that moment was where people were like, oh, "Who is this guy?" Right, because who he just ripped the whole guy? door off, you know, and he can stand like toe to toe with this with with the Undertaker, literally toe, like face to face. 
Yeah, he's bigger, taller. He's bigger and taller than the Undertaker. People are like, who, who is this guy? Why do you exist? And why are you evil? Because it made people more scared. Because think about it. If you're unhinged as a person that that big, people knew that Undertaker was unhinged. People knew that people yes. Undertaker was unhinged. But people also knew that the Undertaker was calculated. Undertaker was calculated. Like, yeah, he's he a very technical wrestler. Like all of his moves yeah. are very technical, and and wasn't a high flyer. None of that, you know. He uh, well, well. Here's a fun thing that that people wouldn't that people wouldn't know. You have to actually watch the documentary to know this. Before Undertaker got signed in WWE, he was in the league. I can't remember the freaking name, but he was in a league where he was a high flyer. He was a high flyer. He was known really? for being a high flyer, right? When he got to WWE. Like basically, they kept telling him, "Stop! Slow down! Slow down! Stop doing that." He would still do some high flying moves, like when he like do go from one turn over to the, to the next. He do a front flip over you. He still do some things, or like when you're on that. I couldn't on the imagine corner, him doing a front flip. That sounds crazy to me. Oh, you have, yeah, yes. He was he was a high flyer. He was a high flyer, but he was told, "Calm down." Slow it down. Be be the character. This character, sometimes less is more. And it right. proved to be right. Because less was more. Less was more. We loved watching Undertaker matches because Undertaker would take his time and we could just go, we could get that anticipation. We could enjoy the moment. This is what's going to happen in the match. Oh, we might anticipate a reversal if it doesn't happen. It, it Undertaker's matches were amazing. Alright, Undertaker's matches were amazing because of that factor. But because but I feel I feel like I feel like the, the factor of Undertaker and Kane would really cause them to have that uh, that that really spark was the fact that they were two big men that could move like small people. Right. They were two big men that can move like small people. So for them to go out there, because Undertaker, Undertaker could jump, could go from one side of the rope and then jump over the top, the top, the top rope and onto the floor. Kane would jump over the top rope and then punch in the face, and then he do some, and then he, yeah, he do some other, and then he, and then he, but he keep, but Kane was a consistent mover the entire match. He would never stop moving, and that was because of his character. It was like brutal character, brutal character. So continue to attack, continue to attack. He would never stop, and he had the stamina to do so. He also had the stamina to do high flying stuff. Hence his tag team with Ray Mysterio. He could do high flying stuff. I think they matched because people were like, oh. These are people that they're gonna go out there. They're gonna give us these big, these big matches, right? As big people, and they're gonna amaze us because they are big people. Even though we've seen them do these stuff for so many years at this point, it was amazing to see them fight each other. And now we get to, yeah, no, okay. Which that kind of brings me to my next point: favorite uh -huh. type. Of wrestler okay high flyer technical tap out artist power guy chair chair finisher guy you know what's your favorite technical, Most technical. technical. So, you, so you like like uh like a crispin wall kind of like make you tap out kind of guy uh, 
I hate Chris Moore. Uh, who doesn't? I, I know, but like when I think technical, uh, that guy was very technical. I would, I would say, I would say, uh, for for better, for better uses of better. Chris Moore is a great wrestler. I'm not gonna knock his wrestling heights. As a person, shitty. But, complete shit, uh, complete shitball with a ton of problems. But okay, but but as a wrestler, I will give you that. But I, I would put I would put up there the Eddie Guerrero. I'll put up there the Eddie the Eddie Guerrero. I put up there the the. Oh yeah, because I always the, think of Eddie Guerrero as a high flyer, but no, he had a lot of tap out. Technical. He was a, he was a te- he was a te- he was technical. I would the Rick Flair the Rick Flairs the uh the 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 Shawn Michaels the the. The Triple H's, Triple H is kind of beef, beef, like back and forth between technical and pound. But same thing, the uh, Randy Orton's, those, those type of people. I like, I like those type of people because I feel like, those, I feel like you have to be some simpler. Even if you're a big house, a pile, you have to be some type of technical. You have yeah. to have some type of technical. You gotta know how to grab. To you gotta it. know how to fall. You gotta all that kind of stuff. You have to become a technical wrestler, even if you're a powerhouse. You have to learn how to be a powerhouse and a technical wrestler at the same time. Unless you're the Big it. Show. <laughs> but even Big Show only won three championships in his career, three world championships. So I think I, a highlight for me for Big Show's career was when he picked up uh, Rey Mysterio when he was strapped, when he was attached to a, a a stretcher, and then hit him against the 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 pole of the ring. Yeah, yeah that I was like my that, that was, was my highlight. Which, why did they put the smallest wrestler of all time with the largest wrestler of all time? I'll never understand that. I think that was genius. I think that's genius. I think the the, the Rey Mysterio storyline is like one of the greatest. The Rey Mysterio character is like, one of, to me, one of the best built characters of all time. And I say this, only time I feel like he was screwed over was when he won the world, the, the, uh, the world championship. And then the very next night, not, not even 24 hours later, not bad. Not even twenty minutes later, lost it. Uh, <laughs> lost it to John Cena. I didn't like that. I hated that. Like you had confetti and everything. He lost. Like why? Why did you even bring confetti into this? But anyway, uh, but I feel like I feel like to have Ray Mysterio beat Greg Kali, uh, uh, Big Show, Vladimir Koslov, The Undertaker. Uh, People, people that were like tremendous. I'm Kane for him to be Kane for people who were tremendously bigger than he is. For him to beat these people, mm-hmm. it, it made it made us go. This is the world's greatest. This is the world's biggest small guy. This is the greatest biggest. This is the world's biggest small guy of all time. This is this man. It made us think like he could go into any match, and we expect him to to win against any person. But against side. anyone, yeah. Well, the yeah. six one nine alone. The see, here's the thing. His moves were so good that they they could work on on it just about anyone. Like if you're you yeah. get six one nine, he literally just he gets you on the ropes. You're literally on the ropes, and then he does like a flip where he spins around and kicks you in the yeah. face. Because I don't care who you are, that's gonna hurt. That's yeah, gonna hurt. It, it, 
three years, three years his moveset has kind of went down like to where he's like for but at 46 he's still at 46 at 46 this Sunday Rey Mysterio with his son by the way with his son just became the Smackdown Tag Team Champion wow by the way at 46 years old with his son Dominique him and his son are the tag team champions. That's pretty cool. By I'm not going to lie. That's actually really cool. By tricky. the way. So through the, year, so through the years, his bullshit has changed. Because people... Because people... I'm more, of, I'm more of an analyst. So Ravishiro used to jump off the middle, middle of the rope. And then he used to grab you. And then you do a front flip. And then he used to land, right? He used to land. Like, you do a front flip, run on your back. He used to land. He used to land like that, and now he just doesn't do that anymore. He just now he just doesn't. He just does six one nine. And he just a top rope, and he doesn't. And I figured out why he does that now because I feel like it's more of a pop now to put him to jump off the top rope. Right. It's not as so. it's not as hard. <laughs> it is not as hard. He's forty six. I can understand. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. I don't. I don't. You, know. What are you? What fucking twenty four, twenty five? Yeah, you get it. You get what he's going through at forty six. And I get it. I get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I, listen, listen. As an athlete, as as a person, as a person who is an athlete, the stuff I used to do at nineteen, definitely not doing now. That's it's enough. It's, <laughs> you can go. You can. You could f off right now. You you can you can go screw yourself. I don't like you. You know why are you here? Why are we doing this? Why does this have to be a thing? Well, like, this was great. I, I I have to say this this as a thing was great. And I, I, I mean, we just hit our hour, and uh, man, I, I had fun. I mean, I loved. See, th- I knew this podcast was just gonna be like me just sitting back and listening to you talk. The most, like, this wasn't uh, about yeah. my bullshitting. This is all <laughs> Zavon, but this was ZBS this week. It's okay yeah, though. But I, I loved it. I love it because I learned so much. You know what I'm saying? I learned so much. So, quick shout out before we end this. Thank you so much to the Grand Geek Gathering for hosting this. Letting us put the podcast up and and do be on their Twitch channel. This has been super awesome. Uh, I'd like to t- thank Vince McMahon for everything he's done for wrestling entertainment, um, and uh, um, I'm obviously my host, my co-host yeah. here that I do yeah. that c- couldn't do the show without Zavon Frey. Thank you so much for coming out, man, and uh, can't wait for the next one. Uh, until next time, much love, peace, and soul food, baby. GGG. Exactly.